Hey all, this is Peter Bell. Are you or someone you know looking for Reformed Church in Orange County or the Orange County area? We've got a growing core group, Santa Ana Reform, meeting Sunday afternoons. We'd love to have you join us as we work towards starting official worship services beginning in summer of 2022. If you or someone else you know would like to be part of a Reformed Church from the ground up, hear the gospel preached from all of scripture every week, and enjoy sweet fellowship, contact us at sandaandreformed at gmail.com or look in the show notes. I hope to meet you soon. So that no one can ever say, I hate it when somebody says this, doctrine is boring. Mm -hmm. To me, doctrine is heaven, as Martin Luther said. Mm -hmm. For by these things men live. You can't preach a sermon without preaching doctrine. You're taking God's truth, but you're bringing it to bear on the mind, on the soul, and the hands and feet of your hearer. Welcome to the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast featuring Peter Bell and Nick Fulweiler. This is a show about Christian doctrine for everyone from the historic Reformed tradition, delivered by two friends in an unscripted dialogue. Join us as we discuss how the finished work of Jesus Christ changes everything. Hello, everyone. Yet once again, it's another day of fresh grace and mercy. This is the Guilt, Grace, Gratitude podcast, where we bridge the gap to Reformed Christian theology for your listening pleasure. And today we're doing a special book club episode. We're going to be covering Reformation Heritage Books, one of our sponsors, and we're going to have Joel Beakey on to help us talk about Reformation Heritage books. And before we jump into this episode and talk to Dr. Beakey, we're going to be reminding you about some show notes as usual. So just yesterday, Peter and myself received Reformation coffee in the mail. We're pretty excited about that. So um, we're yet to try it, but I'm sure it's delicious. I mean, there's once uh, coffee grounds from Brazil, Ethiopia, and Guatemala. So Peter made a joke the other day on or yesterday on Twitter. If Martin Luther drank this coffee, he would have wrote 195 theses. So, <laughs> um, so check out that information. We'll we'll probably post some information in our show notes about Reformation Coffee. Check it out. Their website. Get some coffee for you guys. Uh, Taste it. Let us know what you think. Um, And then there's also a link to find a local reformed church near your area. So there is a link you click, you type in your zip code, you'll find the closest reformed denominations near you. So you've got PCA, OPC, URC, among others. The most important thing you guys could do is worship our holy God the way he prescribed us to do so in person. So hopefully this podcast is uh, kind of driving you guys to a church. Um, other than that, there's information to contact Peter directly if you're in the Orange County area and you're interested in talking to him about his church that he is planting in the middle of Orange County. Um, there's also information on how to just contact us in general about the show. Um, so Peter or myself. And uh, the easiest ways to do that is uh, email guiltgracepod at gmail.com. You can interact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handles are at guiltgracepod. We're fairly active on those platforms. Stay up to date with what we're doing. We do about a total of four episodes a week, but Peter and myself do 
two episodes a week. So it's still quite a bit. Um, and then there's also information on how to become a bridge builder, which is to just financially give to our show, keep us running and, and going strong. So you'll find that Patreon link. You'll find different levels of how to uh, donate to us. And um, so, yeah, we'll jump into this episode. I'll let Peter further introduce Dr. Joel Beakey. Yeah, we got Dr. Joel Beakey, President and Professor of Systematic Theology and Homiletics at Puritan Reform Theological Seminary. He's also a pastor of the Heritage Reform Congregation in Grand Rapids, Michigan, editor of Puritan Reform Journal and Banner of Sovereign Grace Truth, editorial director of Reformation Heritage Books, which we're going to cover at a little bit deeper level, and president of, Her of Inheritance Publishers and vice president of the Dutch Reformed Translation Society. Not sure how he does it all. We're going to talk about all these things in this episode. But thanks for coming on, Dr. Beeky. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Peter and Nick. Absolutely. Yeah. So how's, how are things going? How's your school year at Puritan? How are, how are things going in the Beaky household? <laughs> well, they're going well, by the grace of God, going well. Yeah. I tell people we have eight grandchildren because um, we really have seven that we've seen, but we've got uh, another one in the womb there. So very nice. we've got eight. So that's a, a lot of joy. Yeah. And uh, seminary is taking its summer break right now. So yep. I'm working on different projects. In fact, um, yesterday, uh, Paul Smalley, my, my, T, my TA, and I just completed um, a nine-year project of writing a reformed systematic theology. Oh, you finished volume four. Lectures. So volume four, the final volume, is now done as we speak. And, nice. Uh, yeah. It'll be 18 months, though, before volume four is out because it'll take a while for the publisher yep. to edit it and stuff. Yep. Yeah. But it's a huge, uh, huge relief for us. We can finally get on to some other things as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, great. Maybe if you can um, kind of tell people I mean, a little bit about yourself, your, your background, um, how you got called to ministry, and then what your kind of current work consists of right now. Right. Right. Well, I, I grew up in a very, very conservative home and, uh, was just beginning to rebel against that a little bit in my early teens when God stopped me and brought me under severe conviction of sin. And I mean severe. Hmm. I felt like I was the biggest hypocrite in the world. I felt like I was going to hell. And then he delivered me through a combination of things, but I would say primarily through um, reading the Puritans hmm. and through a visit from a minister saying there is a way of escape for you too in Christ Jesus. And that, um, that set my soul at liberty one night in a powerful way. I came down at three o'clock in the morning and got my parents out of bed and told them I was saved and my sins were washed away. And about six months later, I was called to the ministry, hmm. also uh, very movingly and powerfully in my life. It's an unforgettable experience. And, um, I was very shy, and so I didn't think that there'd be any possibility for me to be a minister. The next youngest minister uh, in my denomination at the time was over 50 years of age. And so who could I be, you know, how in the world could I ever do this at age 15? <laughs> but it was so strong in me. I, I told my dad, I, I, I think I had to quit high school and pursue the seminary. 
And my dad said, well, it's probably better for you to finish high school first. <laughs> I mean, I was full of zeal. I went through the neighborhood, knocked on everybody's doors and talked to them. So the gospel unloosed my tongue. It unloosened me from my bondage of shyness. And um, at the same time, I began to write. I, I really felt a need. I felt a calling to be a writer. I had been writing a lot before that, poetry, but now I wanted to write about God and the things of God. And so that's been a lifelong calling for me alongside my, um, my pastoral ministry. And then, um, yeah, so at this point in time, you know, I'm, I'm pushing retirement age and I'm looking back on 30 years of, well, 45 years of ministry, but looking back on 30 years of, uh, of, of Puritan Reform Seminary, almost, and also Reformation Heritage books. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, we appreciate your works and, and love yeah. what you do. Thank you for Yeah, we got your story. We got the three-volume series beginning of this year, end of last year from Crossway. Um, I read, no, we, got, we actually got it before that. I think we got it sometime last summer. I read volume one and volume two last summer. Wow. Um, about to read volume, three, volume three this summer. Um, one of you, you might know him, Harrison Perkins. He put a he put a summary, a review of this online. It was glowing. So it's <clears throat> it was uh, very helpful for us, very helpful for me. Um, so I'm gonna try to get it at Westminster to use um, as their uh, systematics, but it's incredibly helpful. So thanks for thanks for writing that. My pleasure. Yeah, we've seen your name on a lot of these these books and works coming in, yeah. and your name's floated around, and and so it's good. Probably to the have number you. one person people have asked us to people have asked us to have you on, probably more than anyone else that we've had on. Oh um, dear, was, <laughs> 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 mostly just because they've been so uh, affected by your ministry, by your writing ministry, uh, and wanted to thank you for your writing ministry and pointing them to God. Um, so. Yeah, if I can speak on behalf of a lot of listeners, um, thank you for what you're what, what you've been doing, what you continue to do. Yeah, very, very kind of you. Thank you. Yeah, your your fingerprint is on a lot of stuff that we've already covered in our show before. So it's great to have you on. And we know that you teach, you preach, you shepherd and write. So maybe chronologically, um, I know maybe writing came first, but what, what did come first and how did it feed into one or the other? Yeah. Well, as I said, I was, I was called to the ministry when I was 15 and the writing, yeah. the writing came right on the heels of that feeling mm -hmm. a call to write. And then I went to, um, seminary when I was 21 and I became a minister in Sioux center, Iowa, to 700 people, oh my gosh, yeah. 700 farmers when I was 25. <laughs> and um, actually the three congregations around me, which was another 1,300 people uh, were vacant. So I actually had 2,000 souls under my charge at the age of 25. <laughs> it, was a bit, it was a bit much to it say that. Just, yeah, no pressure. Yeah, <laughs> but it was wonderful too. And then I went to New Jersey um, and it was when I made that switch four years later that I was 28 or 29, 29, I guess. And that's when I started publishing stuff I was writing. And so that opened up a whole new door for me. And while I was in New Jersey, I went to Westminster to get my PhD. And uh, that opened up other doors for me. 
And at that time, just as I was finishing my PhD, I got called here to Grand Rapids. So um, all three churches I've served in my life have been between 700, 800 people. It's just kind of an odd twist of providence. But um, here I've been for 36 years almost and um, love it here. And uh, well, I loved it all three places I served. But yeah, when you, when you stay long-term ministry, I think what happens is you, you feel like a father to the flock. You really feel the reality of the beauty of the transition of generations and the same people you're baptizing, you're, you're officiating their wedding and you're, you're, you're also doing their funerals at many times. So it's, it's just a wonderful, wonderful thing. But in the, um, in the early 1990s, then there was a split in the denomination and um, we, I was a theological teacher in the old denomination and in the new denomination, they asked me to, um, to help start a seminary. So I did that in 93 and four. I think we were up and rolling early in 95. And then at the same time, I had been president of the old denomination's book ministry. Hmm. And so I determined to start a new book ministry and have a board that was interdenominational so that the new denomination wouldn't own, own the book ministry. And I wouldn't lose all the books again. Um, <laughs> and so that's how the international, and I had an international vision for both ministries. So that's how um, both ministries got up, got up and running. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Real, real quick, another question too, before Peter jumps in is with that background, that great story, knowing what you know now at your age and going through all that, if time travel was a thing, and you could go back in time and talk to your 25-year-old self or talk to somebody right now that's listening to the show and is about 25 and weirdly has like a similar beginning story that you had. Um, what would your advice be based on what you've kind of learned in your journey? Yeah, sometimes you wish you could do it all over and you think you do it better. And other times you recognize, oh, wretched man that I am who should deliver me from this body of death. And maybe, maybe I would have done it worse. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, but you know, you just need the grace of God for everything. Yeah. When I was first ordained into the ministry, the very first minister that visited me in Sioux Center, Iowa, I asked him that question too. He was an older mm -hmm. man. And he just said to me, I've only got one piece of advice for you. Whatever you do, whatever God leads you to do, Never do anything without marinating it in prayer before you do it. Hmm. And I think that's really, really good advice. As soon as a minister or a theologian thinks that they can handle it, you're in trouble. You're probably not going to make much progress. It's a dependent life. Uh, even now for preaching this coming Sunday, I'm, I'm kind of overwhelmed. You know, can I really deliver this sermon? And it's unlike any other profession. You, you never, you're never quite ready. You just need the Lord's help. You need the Holy Spirit as you prepare a sermon. Then you need the Holy Spirit as you preach a sermon. You know, just, you're just really radically dependent on the Lord. And you realize, you realize, I would say this to young minister, never think about your gifts as something that is self-congratulatory, but think about whatever gifts God has given you in terms of uh, the Pauline text, what hast thou that thou hast not received? 
And if thou hast received it, wherefore dost thou boast? So all you're doing is you're just using the, the talent or two that God gave you and asking him to bless it and being faithful and seeking to spread the gospel around, around the world. So for me, uh, Caleb is my model. Before he went into the wilderness, God said he followed God fully. 40 years later, when he came out of the wilderness, it said, and he followed God fully in, in the last chapter of Joshua. So all his lifetime, in the midst of murmurers and, and, and funerals uh, all around him with all the people dying, Caleb just kept following the Lord fully. That's, that's my, my, my passion, my desire. I just want to follow the Lord uh, and, and labor for him to, to the very end. Yeah, that's good. Um, you've, you've already kind of touched on this, but maybe kind of diving into this a little bit deeper. Um, but what, what were the early days at Puritan Seminary like? Um, and then what's, what's going to be distinctive about Puritan Seminary um, that led to kind of its opening in the beginning and then um, kind of the vision for where it's at right now? Yeah, um, well, it, it began really at a, a Senate meeting of the new denomination. And um, they asked me if I would serve full time as president. And I said, well, no, I would not, <laughs> but I would do up to 75%. They asked me, what percentage would you do? I said, because first in my heart of hearts, I'm a pastor. Mm. And I can't abandon that calling. I don't want to become an ivory tower theologian. And they said, okay, 75%. What's, what should the name of the seminary be? Mm -hmm. And then one of them said, well, let's use the name of denomination, Heritage Netherlands Reform Theological Seminary. I go, whoa, whoa, that name is way too long. And they <laughs> said, well, what would you call it? I said, I don't know, but I, I, I want it to be Reformed because I believe the Reformers are the best interpreters of Scripture. Hmm. And I want, I want to stress godliness. And so the succeeding century after the Reformers, the Puritans did that, and, and, and we're going to try to train men in that godly tradition. So I don't know, maybe something like Puritan Reformed? And they said, are you willing to make that a motion? I said, sure. Second? <laughs> Second? All in favor? Hands up, down. Now, what's the next point? I mean, <laughs> those were the good old days when we can make major decisions in <laughs> yeah. seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's how it started. And then we started with four, four students, and... Um, yeah, God, God just really, really blessed it from there. I've worked in a lot of different ministries in my life, and I've never worked in a ministry that is anywhere near as blessed as Puritan Reform. Um, it's just amazing. He sent us really wise, godly professors at the right time and gave us the right kind of growth, not too much beyond what we could handle. But over the years, you know, each year, except in one year of COVID, just a little bit more growth, a little bit more growth. And now we're at about, I think, the full number of students, also the part-timers is about 240. Mm. But we're, um, we're projecting really quite a bit higher than that in coming years. We're starting another new program, mm. program in biblical counseling, which is drawing a lot of students and we just got accredited for the D-Men. So Puritan Reform Seminary today, is a seminary that offers all five post-college degrees, uh, 
with regard to uh, theology and ministry. So you've got your MA degree, which is a two-year degree for people that want to maybe teach in a college or something like that. Then you've got your MDiv degree, Master of Divinity, which is your regular ministerial degree, three and a half years. Um, and then you've got your THM, Master of Theology, which is for those who basically are already ministers and want like a continuing education, or they want to teach in some foreign country, THM is usually sufficient. And then you've got the D-Min degree, and we're focusing here on homiletics, which means how do you preach? Mm -hmm. And so that's really good for, for ministers who really want to learn to preach better. And then we have the PhD degree, which is a six-year degree. Um, and of course, that's the top of the line. And we only accept a certain number of students for that because each student is such a large mm. investment. Mm -hmm. And so all five of those we now have accredited with the Association of Theological Schools. We've now got five campuses around the world for the THM degree where we, the students get approved by us and get their, their diplomas from us, their degrees from us. And we go and teach half the courses in those seminaries in Brazil, in Egypt, in London, in uh, Taiwan, and South, South Africa. Um, so yeah, things are expanding and God is good. And uh, it's wonderful to have faculty around you who are all better than you are. <laughs> so it's, it's great. Mm, yeah, the, awesome. students, the students are godly. Yeah. We make sure that they are. Um, they have to write out their conversion, their call to ministry. They have to give an academic reference, uh, a family reference, a pastoral reference, that type of thing. And uh, yeah, we we make it pretty strict. We don't just we're not geared to just wanting more students. We want men who are genuinely called of God and who are godly and want to be more godly, and who love the Reformers and the Puritans as true expositors of the Word of God. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I, went, there's, I had a short list of two seminaries that I was going to go to. It was either Westminster, California, which is where I ended up going because we lived about an hour away from it. So it was hard to say no to San Diego when you're from that area. Uh, and Puritan Reform. So those are the two places I got into. Uh, only two places I was looking at. I, I chose Westminster, but um, Puritan still on my list for a demon or uh, a PhD in the, in the future. So it's, um, I love the work you guys are doing over there. Um, it's an incredible blessing to us. And I actually know some people, I think we're applying either this year or next year for the PhD program. Um, so Alex Hewton, if you're, if you're listening to this, he's a South African. Um, if he's listening to this, I think he does. I think his mom listens to this. Um, yeah, I, I, I know you're applying to Puritan. So we're, we're, uh, we're, we're happy about what you guys are doing over there. Westminster has a, a ton of, of love um, and appreciation for Puritan. Uh, and you also, you talked about this too, um, <clears throat> kind of the early days of, of Reformation heritage books. Um, so what were those early days like and what's, what's distinctive about Reformation heritage books over against, and not necessarily to say one's bad or one's good, maybe like a crossway or somewhere else. What's, what's distinctive about Reformation heritage books? Yeah, well, Reformation Heritage books, actually, I began selling books when I was 16 years old. I established a oh. company oh. called Bible Truth Books. Okay. And then when I was, was called to go to Canada to study, I gave that up. Bible Truth Books is still going, but oh. it actually began, this is really, really bizarre. It actually began in my life with a, a dream I had, <laughs> <laughs> a, a literal dream at night. Joseph's dream. 
I woke up from my dream and I just right. said, wow, I just saw in my dream a piece of paper, eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And it said, Alexander, Archibald, uh, thoughts on religious experience, retail price, $10, discount <laughs> price, $8. And on the front of it, it said Bible truth books. And I woke up and I'm, I'm not a believer in, in dreams per se as divine revelation, but some, I mean, it can be on a rare occasion. God uses a dream. And then when you're awake, it plants a seed that is biblical. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? What I just dreamed is it's like a passion of mine. These books, mm -hmm. these God-fearing books have, have delivered my soul. They need to, they, everyone needs to be reading those. And so anyway, it's a long story, but I, I finally got permission from my local consistory to begin uh, Bible Truth Books. And then I was president after I became a minister for a number of years of the old denomination. And then when that split up, I started, there was no question, no question about whether to start something else. I knew I had to start it. So the distinctive, and in those early days of RHB, by the way, uh, I should say that too, um, we just started with a dozen titles and, um, hmm. you know, I called all the shots in those days. It was, <laughs> <laughs> I could pick out whatever I want. I, could, I gave away so many free books. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was like <laughs> my, my own life's equity was put into RHB. My heart was in it like big time. And, um, and then it, it just, it just grew. It just grew slowly, slowly. Now today it's like, I don't know, 25 employees, something like that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But what's distinctive about it is we want to be a one-stop shop for everything soundly, biblical, reformed, experiential, and practical. And it has to meet all those four criteria. Hmm. So we don't want just the shallow, midstream evangelical fluff that doesn't really address the heart as well as the mind. So for people who really want real, deep, but also simple, but 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 substantive, substantive, reform, Puritan material. That's that's who we are. So I say we use the word experiential, which means how the Holy Spirit works in the heart. So here, here's the point. Here's the point. I guess I would like to make. Everything in my life revolves around that biblical, reformed, experiential, practical. That's my vision for the seminary. That's my vision for RHB. That's my vision for my practical ministry. That's my vision for writing. That's my vision for the reform systematic theology. In fact, I just completed every chapter has this five-fold goal. I first, we first look at what the Bible says. We then look at what church history says. We then look at how do you experience this, this truth? We then look at what are the major practical takeaways for your daily Christian life from this doctrine? And then we end in doxology or praise with a poem or a hymn so that no one can ever say, I hate it when somebody says this doctrine is boring mm -hmm. to me. Doctrine is heaven. As Martin Luther said, mm -hmm. for by these things, men live. You can't preach a sermon without preaching doctrine. You're taking God's truth, but you're bringing it to bear on the mind, on the soul, and the hands and feet of your hearer. So the whole Bible makes a whole Christian through a whole Christ that becomes the whole Savior for your whole heart. Amen. Yep. And that's and, and that's what we want to do with the book ministry as well. Hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, it aligns with our mission. So that I'm so happy that we are able to kind of like partner up together. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I'm, I'm super, we're, we're, we were both 
um, honored because Reformation Heritage contacted us two and a half, maybe no, two months ago, sometime in April, um, to, to partner in, in their ministry and for them to partner in our ministry. Um, it's been, I mean, they've been a blessing. Um, the yeah. works that Reformation has, has been publishing, uh, Reformation Heritage. <clears throat> and uh, we, we actually had on, what was it, six or seven months ago, we had Todd Rester on mm-hmm. to talk about his, uh, 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 yeah, Maastricht, his theoretical practical yeah. ministry. Okay. And so Todd Rester is part of this uh, Dutch Reformed Translation Society, which you're a, a vice chairman or, or vice president um, of. Uh, so what what like what is this society? What how was it? What how was it founded? And what what's your what's your goal through this ministry to produce? Yeah, first of all, Todd Todd and I work closely on this because he's a translator, and mm-hmm. there's another yep. one, brother who who you know goes over that translation in yep. Latin, and then it comes to me, and then I edit it. Okay. And then we go, we go back and forth. So I yep. know Todd very, very well. He's, he's a great guy. Um, so Dutch Reformed Translation Society is an interesting thing because it began with about 10 men from about seven or eight different denominations, but all men who, who longed for that kind of Puritan godliness, mm-hmm. Reformed Puritan godliness, to be made available from the Dutch tradition. Now, the parallel movement with the Puritans in the Dutch tradition is the um, Nottawa Reformatie, which is the Dutch further reformed um, reformation. And at the same time, we were keenly interested from the beginning in translating to English Herman Bovink's four-volume systematics. Yep. That was kind of like the engine at the beginning. And the intriguing thing was that the men on the committee didn't always agree eye to eye and heart to heart on a number of issues related to modern writers, but we found we had a common deep respect for the older writers hmm. from Bavink on back into the 17th, 18th century. And so we just started meeting together. We started with the Bavink project and then we started doing other projects. And so today we've done maybe 20 books, I would say. Hmm. It's not a, it's not a, it's not like Reformation Heritage books where, you know, everybody's a go-getter and it's moving and shaking and, you know, lots of progress. Uh, It it does move rather slowly, um, but it's a group of men who see this sort of as their hobby and this brotherhood in the Dutch Reform Translation Society. And um, meanwhile, we have produced by the grace of God, some, some very, very good books. Yeah. But, uh, w- most of the books are from the Dutch Further Reformation, and they, they speak very much like the Puritans. Now, the advantage of those books is, of course, they're being translated fresh for the first time, mm-hmm. and they're being translated in 21st century English. Mm-hmm. So nobody has a problem of reading those books with the old mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a plus. And the best-selling one by far, uh, beside the Bavink, well, Bavink is about Thai with uh, the four volumes of Bavink. I think we sold 26, 27,000 sets. So that's 100,000 volumes plus. And it's the same thing with the four-volume translation of the Christian's Reasonable oh, Sentence yeah. yep. by Wahamas Abrakel. So that's that's really done done very well, mm-hmm. but that wasn't directly connected with Dutch Reformed Translation Society. I began that actually um, with with just as a project um, with Solidale Gloria, yeah, older like thirty year old edition of that. 
Yeah, yeah. But that that paved the way to let me see that bringing out these old Dutch ministers who wrote so well is something very worthwhile to do. So that gave me a vision for the DRTS, the mm. Dutch Reformed Translation Society. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and at th- this point in the interview, a lot of our listeners are probably uh, asking a question in their head, you know, how, how does he do this all? Like, how does he do it? Um, you got, you do, your hands are in so many different things and um, you got obviously a passion for the Lord, even from your young age, like you said, at 15, you, you're on fire with the Holy Spirit you're going door to door and um, evangelizing. So that's great. So um, how, how do you do it? What, what's your advice? Like, how, how do you um, stay focused on this? And, and how do you think the Lord is using you in these various ministries? <laughs> I got to be careful how I answer this one. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the short answer is my wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> my wife is a huge blessing to me. She, she feels the vision that I have. And she, she gives, she gives me long hours to work. Mm. Um, I normally work till 1130, 12 at night, come home, we go for a walk and a talk and we might jump in the hot tub for a while and just talk and, mm-hmm. and we'll go to bed about 1230, one o'clock. So we have quality time together and I have three meals a day at home. So it's not like I'm abandoning my wife. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. I, I love her dearly, but yeah. she, She's just just a wonderful, easy person to live with, and we're we're crazy in love with each other, but we we share a vision for for ministry. Mm-hmm. So I tell my theological students here, don't 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 do like me. I'm 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 a, I am a workaholic, mm-hmm. and but I love my work so much. People say to me, well, why don't you get a hobby like you know gardening? I say, are you kidding me? Gardening, <laughs> yeah. putting weeds. Uh, I got to pull a lot of weeds from the pulpit, but (laughs) tell people about their sins. You know what? You know what? I've got allergies in in, in May and June and July for me to pull my eyes. Yeah. Well, I'd rather my hobby is writing and I feel close to closest to God when I write. So it's not just doing this for other people. I also do it for my own self. Um, I love to, I, yeah, I'm, I'm a crazy guy. I, lo- I could sit from eight o'clock in the morning to midnight and just study and write. And I just yeah. absolutely love it because yeah. the truth of God is so, so precious. So, yeah, it consumes me. And I have so many goals in life that if I live to be as old as Methuselah, I won't get them done. But um, <laughs> I just really enjoy the work of the Lord so much. Everything but long meetings that don't get traction. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost everything else I love about the ministry. Mm-hmm. And like you, like you said earlier, you can't do it without prayer. Like you're probably absolutely. soaking in prayer, soaking in prayer the whole day. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, 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 you know, I've learned a long time ago. In fact, I learned when I was in the army, this lesson hmm. that the Lord doesn't need you whatsoever. You're just, right. a, you're just a nobody really. <laughs> just a, a little, little, Compared to our forefathers, I feel like I'm, I'm about that tall, you know, uh, but I just want to use the few gifts he gives me to the best of my ability and seek for wisdom to know what to do, what not to do and how much to do. 
Mm. Because you want to use your time, especially as you get older. You want, I always think about this. Will, will what I'm doing right now, will it last? Will it last beyond my lifetime? Yeah. Uh, will, it, will it bear fruit in the generation to come? And that's where books and writing means so much to me. Yeah. Hmm. Because, hey, God willing, I, I'm going to be dying soon. And I, I, I want these truths to live on. So hmm. that's, my, that's my passion. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I love, I mean, I love, it's, I, I have way less on my plate than you do, but it's, I think that's how Nick and I both think is we, this, this is our hobby and we, we would rather do nothing else with our, with our spare time than. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let, let me say one more quick thing too. Yeah. Um, I, I suppose, you know, for me, I just take this for granted, but I've never had television in my life and I've never, I've never wasted one minute on the internet. If I need to get something, I just go and find it, come right back out. Yeah. I'm a book guy. Yep. And so yep. um, that saves me from wasting, wasting hours and yep. hours and hours. I'm not into the entertainment media whatsoever. I don't know anything. I don't even know any names of any actors or actresses. <laughs> that whole world is just completely, you know, one time I was sitting with RC Sproul, you'll like this one. And, and, and Robert Godfrey and RC apparently was imitating somebody and with his tone of voice and Bob Godfrey was just laughing so hard. And I'm looking back and forth at these guys. I, I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and, and Bob Godfrey notices it. He goes, look at Joel Beakey. He doesn't even know what we're talking about. And RC looks at me and says, don't you know anything but theology? <laughs> <laughs> he, he humbled me. I went home and I said to my wife, do you know this name? She goes, yeah, she's a very famous actress. Oh, oh, well. So <laughs> I, I'm very, and she said, it's okay, honey. You don't know actresses names. I'm fine with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, right. you know, I, there's, I'm really pretty ignorant person in many areas of life, but I just want to, I just want to spend and be spent hmm. for the doctrines of grace. Yeah. You only have 24 hours in a day and you're like, I want to right. jam pack this. That's <laughs> right. Yep. That's right. Yeah, and we live in the best of times and the worst of times. Mm-hmm. Worst uh, of times because I've heard the, that uh, of the magnanimity <laughs> of sin everywhere, and the best of times because man, can you imagine? I, I mean, I think if if Luther and Calvin could have the access to oh, yeah. reaching tens of thousands of people the way we do today at the flip mm-hmm. of a switch or, or hitting a button, I think they would have accomplished even more. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. they would have been so excited. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. You can fly around the world and do a conference in the other side of the world in 24 hours and, um, and fly back home in 24 and keep on going. It's just mm. phenomenal. Well, we're yeah. standing on the, the shoulders of giants to keep that reformation going forward, right? Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. And another thing that really helps me uh, in my work is um, I, about 30 years ago, I started doing conferences and um, I try to do everything twice. I don't always succeed. But what I mean by that is, let's say I'm doing a conference in Australia and I've got four addresses. And so let's say two of them are old addresses. Two of them are brand new. Hmm. Well, I might, I might try to do the brand new ones. I might try to write them out in full before I even speak them mm-hmm. and take the other two and polish them up and write them out in full. And then when I come back, on the plane, I might, I, this is, wouldn't be unusual for me. I would be editing them after I spoke them, changing some things. Hmm. And then by the time I land, well, I've got a nice little 100-page book of four addresses on, on that theme. 
So I try to I try to double double my my efforts. Try to use things in at least two different venues. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, you've so as as we as we kind of land land this point, you've already kind of talked about this kind of your your legacy and leaving these a better than you found them, but also kind of pushing past um, when you're called back home. But what's so what, what is the future for some of these institutions, for Puritan, for Reformation Heritage, for uh, the Dutch Reform Translation Society, and, and anything else you're associated with? What, how, how are you hoping they extend past you, and what are you hoping that they accomplish? Yeah, well, well D, um, DRTS really is, is a minimal ministry for me compared to the other two, yeah. um, because I am vice president, and it does accomplish some things, but... The, now they have a new president, Dr. Adrian Neely, who's who's wonderful, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the men coming on board now are now younger than me, and th- they'll take that over. That's fine. Yeah. But the two ministries, thanks be to COVID, that really needed to some work in terms of transitions mm-hmm. were, were Reformation Heritage Books and Puritan Seminary. So during COVID, that was all taken care of, and um, for Reformation Heritage Books. Actually, I'm no longer the editorial director, even though I edit all the books we do. I'm now board chairman. And we've got a vice chairman who will take over. Something happens to me. And we appointed a CEO who now runs things. And we got a brand new building, which is away from my office. Mm -hmm. So I'm still very involved in RHB, but it's now structured differently so that if I were to die, RHB would just go on without skipping skipping a heartbeat. I mean, I'd hope they miss me a little bit. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, they will. I'm sure they would. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Puritan Reform Seminary, the man who's been with me the longest here, 24 years or 25 years, I believe, out of the out of the 28 or 29 years, um, he's been appointed by the Board of Trustees that if something happens to me to serve as interim president, and if I'm re- stay very healthy. I'll probably go another three, four years mm-hmm. until my I'm in my 73 around there or so. And then uh, the plan is that if I still stay healthy, then that I would be in a chancellor role, that I would still be kind of the fundraiser as long as I could in, you know, the face of the seminary at conferences, that type of thing. But it wouldn't be on the executive anymore. And would well, I could attend the executive, but I just wouldn't be as involved in administration as, as much. Mm-hmm. So the plans are there that they will, both ministries will continue. The good news about both of them is that they are now large enough and have enough very, very highly qualified people that uh, they, they will continue on. And, you know, in the early days, students wanted to come to Puritan Reform Seminary to study under me, quite frankly, um, many of them. Mm-hmm. But now you, you'll find in the application forms, oh, you know, I want to study under Dr. Neely. I want to study yep. under whatever, Dr. Bilkus. So, yeah, the, the men on faculty are getting a lot more name recognition and producing books. Mm-hmm. And it's a very bright future. Because what people like about Puritan reform and... Um, that's what I like too. We won't hire anyone in a full-time position that isn't fully sound all the way across the board. Mm-hmm. And so people understand that this is a seminary where you can trust every single professor. There are no liberal links, no checkered education here. Every man is pull, rowing the boat in exactly the same direction. Mm-hmm. Um, 
biblical, reformed, experiential, practical. Hmm. That's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's, as we, as we end this, if there's anything that you want to leave our listeners with any encouragements um, as you, as you reflect on your ministry, as you reflect on some of these institutions that you've helped found, <clears throat> anything that you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I think it's critical to, um, to, to stay humble before God, to stay, keep, keep on your knees. I'm excited about so many people reading Reformed books now, but I, I, I really think it's critical that this movement, this growing movement, abandons worldliness, um, strives for godliness, is serious about evangelizing mm-hmm. people, um, and, and, and just, just pray that God would send revival and reformation, that he'd fill the earth with the knowledge of himself from sea to sea. One of my favorite prayers to pray that I've never seen answered yet, but I hope, to, I hope it's answered before I die, is, Lord, send us a great awakening greater than the original great awakening. Yep. You know, with the media today and the means of communication, um, you know, if God were just to do wondrous things like that, it, it, I mean, it's phenomenal what could happen around the world. Now, I am very encouraged by what's happening in South America right now mm-hmm. and, and in Spanish-speaking countries, also somewhat in Brazil. And uh, uh, things are just, I mean, thousands of people are coming to the Reformed faith, and that's very, very exciting. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I would say to, to your listeners, whatever, whatever circle you live in, whatever callings you have, as I began, I'd say, be a Caleb, follow the Lord fully, and ask the Lord to use you for the salvation and the maturation of others to his glory. I love it. Yeah. And before, before we end um, this, we are partnering with Reformation Heritage Books and one of the institutions that Dr. B is uh, associated with, <clears throat> we're partnering with them to give away um, both your book on family worship and church and reform theology. So if you guys go to Reformation Heritage's, their um, social media, I think it's heritage underscore books. Uh, you guys will find a link to enter into this giveaway. And then we're also going to be posting this tomorrow so this this is going to come out june 30th so friday july 1st you guys go to this link you guys can enter into a giveaway to get one of these books but <clears throat> so beyond that thank you for coming on thank you for talking about your your ministry sure. sure i'm not sure there's an underscoring in that peter i think it's just heritagebooks.org but i, I could be wrong oh yes yeah. so the web yeah the website yeah heritagebooks.org and then the yeah. social media i think i think it's heritage underscore i could be wrong oh is it okay okay maybe yeah, see, I, that's, that, that proves that proves to you i don't go on social media <laughs> thank you thank you so much god bless you yeah thank you for coming on it's been it's been a pleasure and yeah we hope to we hope the lord continues in ministry and and proclaims the gospel of his son um for for ages to come so thanks thank for coming you. on thank you Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the episode of our podcast, Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. And if you go to our show notes, as a reminder, there is a link to Patreon and you can find out how to become a bridge builder. Yeah, we've got five different support levels and the levels go from uh, just a a $5 donation to help keep the lights on and and get some equipment all the way up to you guys get to be part of our decision-making process for episodes for content, for authors, for guests, whoever it may be. And you guys get consistent conversations, maybe even 
since our episodes the second that we record them instead of having to wait for episodes to come out so look at that see what you want to do as part of that we have a goal to get about a thousand dollars a month that's to cover some costs get some new equipment and just hire some people as well and also if you guys can rate and review us on itunes on spotify on any one of your podcasting platforms this is the number one way besides word of mouth that word gets out about what we're doing so we hope to see you guys next week